Hello, and welcome to episode 55 of the Mo Money Podcast, and also the first episode of my special listener series that I'm going to be doing every Thursday for the next little while. Hopefully every Thursday, if I get enough uh, awesome listeners to submit their stories to me, and uh, if this might be you, maybe you have a great uh, story. It doesn't have to be great. It just has to be your story. It's all about just learning from each other and uh, talking about money. So if you want to be featured on this uh, special listener series of the Mo Money Podcast, please shoot me an email, jessica at jessicamorehouse.com. And uh, let's see if we can set something up. Um, so this uh, episode is with Amanda D. She's uh, semi-anonymous, um, but she has an awesome story um, uh, just about how she got into debt and how she worked her way through it. It's uh, a great story because she uh, explains a lot of the ways that she did it, some of her mistakes, some of her successes. And I think there's just a lot to learn from from her experience that I think you'll get a lot out of. So without any further ado, let's just get to the show, shall we? So thanks for doing this. I'm excited. I think this, uh, well, I think it's so important for people to know the stories and just the experiences of other people besides just bloggers and podcasters. You know, when you find someone else just, you know, who is just like them and they hear, Oh, they're in the same situation. I think that's so impactful. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Cause yeah, like, I mean, I love reading the stories of the bloggers and, and podcasters and that, that I, that I do follow. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, uh, but yeah, it's good to have like a variety of, of stories out there, like reading the article and the three other women that you, um, mm-hmm. that you featured in the article. Like it, it was awesome to read because everyone is so has very different, Background, very different backgrounds, yeah, very different stories, which is really cool to, yeah, to be able to see and to hear, yeah, no, and that was, um, and that was really good to see because, yeah, like I was a little bit like, I, I was a little nervous about doing this podcast, but mm-hmm. and I was a little nervous about doing the art, the um, article in the first place because mm-hmm. I was like, well, I don't know if my story would resonate with a lot of people because I, I hear a lot of stories about like my, um, debt repayment was different than like people who like, like I, I can't honestly say I like, you know, scraped, you know, the bottom of the, yeah. of the savings barrel all the time, like just barely getting by the skin of my teeth. Like I didn't have, like, it, it was still a lot of debt to pay off. I just, yeah. I, I guess I just wasn't sure, you know, was my, you know, would people resonate with me or were they like, do people only want to hear the most extreme stories or is like yeah. mine something that's worthwhile sharing anyways? Cause you know, it was a significant debt. It did take me quite a while to pay it off. And, and I guess like also like I'm not struggling, like I, it's hard because I'm like not in the, I, I see, I find a lot of um, blogs these days focus on people who are struggling to find employment, which is a huge issue. I mm-hmm. totally get that, yeah. you know, struggling to find employment to be able to pay off these debts. So I wasn't sure if like, I would resonate with a lot of people because I'm like in this subset, like, like just because of the type of profession that I'm in, I was very fortunate at the time I graduated to get a job right away and like get a steady mm-hmm. paycheck. So I don't know. But I don't yeah, know if that no, sounds a bit too self-conscious. I, yeah. No, no. And you know what? I'm the same way, actually. I always struggled and I, I still, well, not as much anymore, but when I first started my blog, I always struggled. I'm like, am I that interesting? Do I have that? You know, any, mm. would anyone care what I have to say? Cause I don't have a crazy, you know, lots of the bloggers and I'm friends with lots of them. They have the stories where they were in a boatload of debt and they were able to pay $50,000 off in two years. And like, oh well, gosh. I don't have a crazy, 
crazy story like that. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah. ah, am I boring? Yeah. But it's like, you know what? It's every. I, I think if we just heard all those extreme stories, it almost feel, especially if you're in that situation where, you know, you are still paying off your debt. And you just hear these extremes. You're like, oh, so is that the only way that I can pay off my debt in like mm-hmm. a reasonable amount of time or whatever is just to live like extremely frugally and just, you know, so I think having like stories from people who did it, you know, maybe over the course of several years and, you know, it's not so extreme. It's actually more helpful because people can be like, oh, I can actually do that. I can do what they did. Yeah. They did it. Cause I, I didn't like, obviously I didn't sacrifice huge amounts of things if I was able to take a couple of trips and that, but I guess, um, like the thing that I felt maybe that I could at least encourage is that, you know, if you do have the opportunity to like, like, like I said, I could have mm-hmm. paid it off faster. I don't regret some things, but there are some other things that now looking back, I'm like, you know, I really could have gotten this done sooner, but maybe not like eating ramen noodles every night so I could pay 64 grand in like a year or something ridiculous like that, which would have been impossible. It's, it would be impossible well, exactly. Now, right? It's like, that's not healthy. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you could do it, but that's not, that's not yeah, healthy. And no. I'm all about like, you know, being smart you know, financially, but also don't sacrifice, you know, your basic needs, your health, your, you know, mental health, your emotional health, whatever. So it's, it's about finding that balance. And I think, you know, all those extreme stories aren't necessarily good examples of what you should do. It's, you know, a crazy story of what someone did somehow. I mean, it's, it's, it's absolutely admirable when people are able to get through that, but yeah, it's, it's, it really isn't for everybody. So no, and not many people can do that, you know, especially if they, have dependents they have family mm-hmm. you know that they have to take care of it's like you, they just can't do that you need to figure yeah. something else out yeah no um, and i guess true it's, yeah. it's money life balance is what exactly. you yeah <laughs> how you advocate so yeah no yeah but yeah so no i really appreciate sharing my story because i really am very like passionate about personal finance like i really became yeah. passionate and that big big driver for that was paying this debt down Uh, absolutely huge you know like it's very encouraging when you see your own net worth go from the red to the black it's it's a huge yeah and it almost seems you know I still remember you know when I moved out for the first time and had like no money and was just really starting you know my personal finance journey and even though you know it was a tough first year seeing that money grow even though it was slow was so encouraging and Mm -hmm. you start to all those things that you never thought you could afford or you could never do because you just couldn't you know like oh no I'm poor you know, all these opportunities start to be like, oh, no, you could actually do that. Or you could go on this trip. And, you know, you're just your world becomes bigger, the more you understand how to, um, you know, control your money, stay on budget, make more mm-hmm. money and, and so on. So I'm, I'm excited to chat with you. So let's kind of um, yes. jump in just, uh, you know, of course, people have probably uh, already read uh, your interview on my blog. But in case do you want to give a short little intro of who you are, Amanda. Yeah, absolutely. So I am a healthcare professional in my mid 30s. So I just turned 35 mm-hmm. this year. Happy uh, birthday. <laughs> thank, thank you. Yeah, yeah, it was just less about a month ago. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I born and raised in Ottawa. And uh, I'm back here now in Ottawa. I've been here mm-hmm. most of my life, except for a few years when I um, went away to school. And mm-hmm. I guess, uh, yeah, in terms of growing up, I mean, I had a pretty, like, you know, I had a middle-class childhood. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, my parents did work a lot. So in terms of having discussions around money or personal finance, there wasn't really a lot that I can recall. 
growing mm-hmm. up. Um, so I know my parents, you know, talked about, you know, how you need to, you know, save a little bit of money, but they didn't really specify what for. I just sort of felt yeah. like I needed to save it for the next big, you know, whatever, whatever, uh, not mm-hmm. a significant item I was saving for whatever yeah. toy or whatever video game mm-hmm. or whatever thing I was going to be saving up for. But, uh, and I mean, they did push me to get uh, part-time and seasonal jobs, which I'm really grateful for because not just for the money earning experience, but also for the job experience. Cause it really does work in your favor in the future. And, uh, regardless of the fact that most of those jobs don't have anything to do with what I do now. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so Sorry, I apologize if I ramble here. You are editing. No, this show is all about rambling. You're not rambling at all. I'm very intrigued by your story, so keep on going. Yeah, so um, anyway, but yeah, I know. So when I was 15, I started taking part-time jobs, seasonal Mm -hmm. jobs, uh, so in the summers and throughout high school. Um, But I didn't really make a huge effort to save a lot of my money. I knew I wanted to go to a certain program at university and I knew I needed money, but for some reason it didn't register. Oh yeah. I probably should save as much as I could because tuition is expensive. Well, you just don't have the concept of how much things really cost when you're in high school. Like I had no no idea. I was very similar to you. I, worked and I saved, but I didn't actually know how much I needed. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. And I I really, I really wasn't certain. Like I, I knew how much I needed to buy a pair of jeans or whatever, Mm because, you know, if I went shopping, but in terms of the tuition, it wasn't until you got the tuition bill that you realized, Ooh, I probably should have saved more. But, uh, anyway, but, and my parents did, I, I had, I was very lucky. My parents were very generous in helping a bit, um, mm-hmm. as much as they could. I mean, you know, middle class, you know, middle class earnings. They had four kids. It's, you know, you know, money can only go so far. And also, like I said, um, I went to school in Toronto and the mm-hmm. program I was in is a professional degree program. So mm-hmm. that came automatically with the tuition was double a regular bachelor's degree. Oh, wow. Um, at the time. And it's, it, gotten even worse believe me the tuition really? that I paid back then was a discount compared to the program what it costs oh. now um and so there was the cost of the double tuition and then I lived in Toronto I lived in residence um mm-hmm. for the whole time which was very fortunate uh mm-hmm. you know that I you know had a place to go back to every school year and I didn't actually have mm-hmm. to worry about subletting apartment every summer or anything like that when I came back to Ottawa yeah. to work in the summers um, but yeah, it was still pricey enough with the tuition and also I'm a student in Toronto and I want to have fun. So, yeah, you know, I'm going to spend money. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't imagine not doing that, especially in Toronto oh. when there's just so much to do. Oh my gosh. When you're young. Yes. Yes. Especially, uh, as a student, you just, the, oh, yeah. you know, the options are unlimited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, So how did you, so, you know, you seem like you, you made some good choices by, you know, working, um, you know, when you're in high school and uh, in the summers when you weren't in school and then saving up some money, but uh, is that kind of what led you into the debt? Did you eventually have to get student loans? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So my very first year of university, um, I was able to pay that completely. Somehow I had a Mm -hmm. bit of a moment of brilliance when I was a teenager and I had a Mm -hmm. GIC tucked away. Um, and back then the GIC rates were much higher than they are now, much higher. So I, you know, made some good interest. So I was actually to pay off, able to pay off my entire first year of university. Um, but then I had four more years to pay off. And because I was not really saving all of my summer job 
and uh, seasonal job earnings, I was um, I was, I did have to take out quite a bit. So I did take out OSAP, so mm-hmm. Ontario uh, Student Assistance. Uh, program, I think that's mm-hmm. what it stands yep, for. Yeah, I think a, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, so I took out so Canada Student Loans OSAP. I took out um, as well uh, the bank, uh, being mm-hmm. as generous as they are, had a special loan program for people who were studying a uh, professional level degree. So mm-hmm. very generous of them. They offered me a loan, <laughs> and I took it. Um, of course, and I, yes, absolutely. And I took it for four years. I took loans every year from the bank. Um, wow. On top of OSAP. Uh, and then uh, also I did get a couple of bursaries from uh, from my school as well. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was pretty insane how quickly it added up. And then and, like, did I- you have a concept of like, oh, wow, I'm really getting into debt when you were in school? Or did you like, mm, I'll worry about this when I'm done? You know what? I didn't. Um, all I worried about was making sure that I paid my tuition bills on time, which I did. Uh, I didn't care where yeah. the money came from, whether it was my own earnings or whether it was from the debt. I just wanted to make sure my tuition bill was paid so I could keep going to classes and, mm-hmm. and everything was fine. But uh, I didn't really have a good concept of keeping track of my money. In fact, uh, and this is something that still have some shame about to this day. So <laughs> I had, you know, so I had a student visa card. That one's perfect. <laughs> yeah. So I had a student visa card and oh my gosh, I missed a payment. And so yeah. I, so that's how much attention I was paying to my finances. Yeah. I missed a payment Yeah. and I got a call from visa. So it was visa mm-hmm. and uh, they said, oh, you know, you are late on a payment. And anyway, I did my due diligence and I went and paid mm-hmm. it right away. Um, with some other debt money, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. So I was in that debt shuffling mode at the yeah. time. Um, so, uh, so I don't know. I and I wasn't aware of how, like they said, it's going to affect your credit score and all this. If you don't pay it, I'm like, okay, I will pay it and fine. Although I had no concept what a credit score really was back then. Exactly. Um, I really was so clueless in university about, well, about my finances. Like yeah, I mean, you know, you and I think so many people because it's no one like unless you, you know, like you're doing now or, and, and other people listening to this podcast, unless you kind of, you know, uh, go out on your own and do your own research. I mean, there's not a lot of people aren't really talking about, you know, no. being smart with your money in university. Like no one talked about it when I was in school. No, they no, And I didn't really have a lot of uh, guidance on how to do a budget and how to account for all these costs. Um, partially, it might have been partially due to the fact also I was the first person in my household to go to mm-hmm. university. Um, mm-hmm. So no one else had had that experience and was able to tell me, you know, you know, you want to budget for these kinds of different expenses. Like I didn't know I had yeah. to pay extra expenses for like photocopying fees and like all these other things that yeah. were part of like when I was looking at the fee schedule, pay my tuition, it just, I didn't realize how many fees I had to pay. So yeah, um, exactly. Complete surprise. And, uh, but I mean, like I said, all I cared about, I paid my bills and then I got to move on with my studies and I was so busy with yeah. studying and then also just having fun as a student. Um, I didn't really care about finance. So yeah. And then when I graduated and I came back to Ottawa, I did an additional training year in my field. Um, Mm -hmm. So I did make a stipend. So not very much money, Mm -hmm. but still it was enough to be able to get a small apartment and be able to uh, live off of lots of pasta. Um, So Mm -hmm. that's when I started knowing, you know, learning a bit more about budgeting for rent Mm -hmm. and food and that kind of stuff. Because when you're in uh, residence, you have a meal plan. You don't have to worry about it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, when you're living on your own, you have to worry about groceries and such. But uh, I still had a lot of credit because of the profession I was getting into. The bank was more than happy to mm-hmm. extend my line of credit mm-hmm. uh, to, uh, to at some point upgrade my life. I think I mentioned that in yeah. the article. Yeah, yeah. So, so I did accept that line of credit. Um, and, you know, and I still I, and I do remember this at some point. As I was racking on all this debt and, you know, eventually building it up, building it up to the, Mm -hmm. uh, to its peak, I thought to myself, you know, I know that, you know, I really will have to pay this off one day. But then at some point I also thought to myself, you know, I'm just going to be in debt forever. So I might as well just enjoy it. Like that was the attitude I had back then. I was Mm -hmm. just completely. And was it because it was just like, there's, it was such a huge number you had to pay off. You're like, well, that's never going to happen. Yeah. I feel like I just was admitting defeat. Like I feel like, you know what? I'm just, I'm just never going to be fully out of debt. If it's not this thing, if it's not the student debt, it's going to be a live credit or a car loan or a mortgage. I'm just going to have to accept that I'm going to be in some sort of debt for the rest of my life. That was the attitude that I had back then. It Mm -hmm. was a really different attitude than what I eventually came to. Um, so what I'm curious about, because I feel like that attitude specifically is very, very common. The people <laughs> that are in huge amounts of debt, they feel, you know, just overwhelmed and it just seems impossible. I know like lots of my friends are, you know, my age, 30, and, you know, they still have, you know, a lot of money to pay off for their student loan. And, you know, they've been out of school for like seven years. And it seems basically like, oh, well, that debt's never going to go away. It's just going to haunt me forever. Mm -hmm. But so, but you, you know, eventually kind of turned things around. What, what kind of changed everything for you where you're like, no, I'm not going to let this um, dictate what my life is going to be like. So it took a couple of years of pain, you know, as, I did eventually, you know, um, decide, okay, I got to do something about this, but I wasn't really serious at first about the something that I had to do about it. I just sort of accepted, all right, I was going to pay off this loan over 10 years, but in the meantime, I'll probably, like I said, end up with a car loan, mortgage, all that kind of stuff in the meantime. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, so when I got, so I, I had to start paying off, um, the student debt after six, like, so the Canada student mm-hmm. loan six months after I graduated, yep. but I still continue to pile on more debt. And the peak of my indebtedness happened about, um, two years after graduation. And at that point, that's when I consolidated my loans and had that nice big $64,000 <sighs> debt staring at me in the face whenever wow. I looked at my, at my, um, online, uh, banking. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, when I when it uh, came to paying it off, so I think I mentioned first I consult so I consolidated all my yeah. loans um, on the advice of a friend of our a family friend of ours who's an accountant, um, mm-hmm. and you did that to get a lower rate to get a lower rate, yeah. Because at the time uh, when I was paying off my Canada student loan, my rate was prime plus four. It was prime plus four and a half percent. At that point, prime was six percent. So mm-hmm. I was paying a ten and a half percent interest rate on this Canada student wow. loan. Uh, yeah, yes, it was pretty high. Yeah. And then on the line of credit was about 6%. Um, so then I was able to consolidate for prime plus half. So went from 10 and a half to six and a half percent. So huge difference, still yeah. a large number of, you know, a large number to pay off. But so this was in around 2007 was when I did this consolidation. Um, and then we know what the financial markets did the following mm-hmm. uh, year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that point, that's when interest rates started going down, 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 down. And I uh, had a variable rate uh, on my 
uh, interest rate on my loan. So in a way, you know, and I didn't realize at the time, to be honest, Mm -hmm. I was completely oblivious to what the markets were doing (laughs) at the time. I just knew that the interest on my debt had gone down for some reason. So I was happy, but unfortunately the rest of the world wasn't. I was, (laughs) that's how much I was oblivious to money and, and finance. Like I was just, anyway, um, so yeah, I so I paid off the. I was starting to pay off more of the mm-hmm. more of the principal every month, mm-hmm. and then um, so eventually, so I was uh, dating my boyfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. Now my husband. Uh, mm-hmm. We've been together for ten over ten years now. We um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, we uh, decided to move in together. So I had this mm-hmm. big massive student debt, student slash consumer debt. I have to be honest, yeah. it was a lot of consumer debt in there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we moved in together. I moved in with him because he owned a place already. Well, Mm -hmm. still have a mortgage on it, but, uh, he owned his condo I was renting. So I moved in with him. And so this is one thing. So I've read different opinions as to, you know, when you move in and combine your finances, you know, Mm -hmm. how should you handle the debt? And I, I know there's like different opinions on this. My personal opinion was that that was my debt that I racked up. I racked it up through my own education and my own consumer spending habits. So mm-hmm. I never once asked him to help me with that debt. So I actually paid off that debt with all just my, my own money. Um, cause good. I felt it wasn't really a shared debt. I know some people will argue, yeah. no, when you share your household, you share everything, but I just, in my mind, didn't feel right asking him to help me with mm-hmm. that. So yeah. I focus yeah. on, you know, we split our common expenses equally, you know, because I was living here, I helped with paying the mortgage as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I took care of my debt myself. So, um, along with moving in with him. So this is where I'm going to get to what got me, you know, gave me the kick in the pants that I needed to pay it off faster. He had cable TV. I didn't in my apartment. Mm -hmm. Um, so one day I was sitting watching whatever, um, shows I was watching. I was flipping through and I came on to Gail Vaz Oxlade's show. Love Gail. Yes. That's where <laughs> yes. I met Gail. Yes. The time was Till Death Do Us Part. And mm-hmm. I just got so fixated on it. And, um, and really it just made me realize how much uh, this debt was holding me back from moving forward in life. So, I mean, a couple of things, like it was holding me back from feeling the freedom that comes with being debt free. It was holding me back from being able to save from the future. Um, I mean, Mm -hmm. I have also, I'm fortunate that I do have a pension with my work. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, I plan like a pessimist. You just never know what pension funds are going to do in the future. Um, Mm -hmm. so it's still important to have savings. I still fully think that I need to have my own savings. Um, but I wasn't saving. And also I was taking a risk having this much debt because if something were to happen to me, um, mm-hmm. and this was something that came up a lot in Till Debt to Us Part, you know, if something were to happen yeah. to, you know, these, you know, say it's like a couple of parents with kids and they have huge amounts of debt, something were to happen to them, what's going to happen, you know, to their home, to, yeah. you know, to their children, you know, like, so all these scenarios that she was talking about and I was thinking to myself, oh my God, what would happen if I, if something happened to me and all this debt is like not been paid and I just, I don't know. I didn't want to fathom, fathom that any further. So Mm -hmm. anyway, so in her words, I decided to stop being a total dope um, (laughs) and decided to actually get serious about paying this debt off faster. So I started reading her books. 
mm-hmm. and then her books. Uh, so like things like uh, Debt Free Forever was the first one I read. Um, Never Too Late. And then I've read a couple mm-hmm. of her other ones. I'm just plugging Gail Vaz Oxlade on this show. <laughs> I love Gail. <laughs> so the more that, yeah, oh that's my God. totally cool your, with me. <laughs> your podcast with her, amazing. I, lo- I, Thank I love you. that. Oh, that was a dream come true. Oh my I gosh. Mean, come on. Yeah, that was, that was amazing. So yeah. I, yeah. Um, but yeah, so her, her work really was very inspirational. And then her work led me towards other um, resources. So I just started mm-hmm. reading everything I could get my hands on. So I started yeah. reading personal finance books, articles that I found in like Globe and Mail, Financial Post. I started, I was watching Gail's shows mm-hmm. religiously. So Till That Do Us Part and Princess. Yeah. And um, then uh, I started also uh, doing other things at the same time. So uh, like I said, I was paying down my debt faster. So I, I actually doubled up my payments every month. And I Mm -hmm. also added um, uh, lump sums wherever I could. Uh, So I really cut out a lot of spending because as I was doing the 10-year repayment plan that was originally prescribed, I was still spending money on frivolous things. Um, And uh, so what I did was cut out – I did cut out a lot of frivolous things. Not everything. I still still, – you know, we still ate well, you know, still – live very well yeah. with each other. I mean, it helps, it helps, um, I guess, uh, having, uh, you know, combining a household. So we have yeah, more, that does help. yeah, it really does help. Let's be honest. It, really it does. does help when you combine, <laughs> when you're not uh, paying as much, um, cause you're not living on your own. It is a lot exactly. easier for couples to, to put their finances together to live as a single person and pay all Absolutely. of these things as well. Um, so yeah, I did everything I could. And then at the same time to help motivate me further, I did open an RSP account and a TFSA account uh, mm-hmm. at the same year. So I started putting away just a little bit uh, automatically from every paycheck was siphoned off. So I could plan for that to be siphoned off every single paycheck, you know, a certain amount of the TFSA, a certain amount of the RSP. And then mm-hmm. I also learned about the emergency fund. So I opened mm-hmm. up a separate savings account and put money in that. And my goal was to get about... I know that there's very uh, opinions out there to get three months of my um, gross income into that account. Yeah. And it took a couple of years, but I did end up getting that uh, finally put in there. So mm-hmm. it just, cause it feel good. Like I feel just so much more secure it, in my life. Feels, when I, my, I've got an emergency fund. I've got an emergency fund. And when I use it, I'm not paying interest on it. Cause that was the other thing. Yeah. Like I, you know, I read some, finance articles recommend, oh, you don't need to put away that much cash. You should just have a line of credit. Well, no, I, at this point I was so motivated to get out of debt and stay out of debt. There was no way I was going to take out a line of credit for emergencies because I became, I I just, I turned somehow in this whole process, psychologically, I turned myself around from just accepting, blindly accepting that I'm going to just be in debt for the rest of my life. So I might as well just get used to it. To finally being like, no, I never want to be in that kind of debt again. I mean, yes, mm-hmm. I totally get like with house prices being what they are. Yeah, not, you got to have not, a mortgage if you want a house unless yeah, you're a millionaire. Yeah, mortgage and that's like real, realistically, yes. But I don't want to have any debt that is not a mortgage, you know. Yeah, that is preventable. That is preventable, basically. exactly. So, yeah. So, like, it's just complete like 180 on my attitude around debt. So That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I hope that's... <laughs> 
answered that question well. Oh, yes, it did. Excellent. It did and more. Excellent. Perfect. <laughs> no, I, I think so many people can relate to your situation, especially like, I mean, it sounds exactly like me when I started getting interested in personal finance. You get kind of not addicted might be the bad word, but you just like really you're like, oh, my gosh, this whole world of information that's going to mm-hmm. help me you know, really, it changes your life once you understand the core principles of personal finance and what you can do to get rid of your debt, stay out of, out of debt, you know, progress in your career, make more money, invest wisely and all this stuff. It really does make the biggest difference in your life. It really, it really truly does. It really does. I, I can't say enough about how much, um, how much all of these resources that I found and, and it, it's great because it's great because this personal the f- personal finance sphere has just exploded in the past yeah. few years. Like I started on this personal finance journey really back in 2009, and there was a lot mm-hmm. back then around. Yeah, um, you know, Gale. Um, I mean, other ones that I used were like uh, other resources I used were like um, Dave Chilton's Wealthy Barber mm-hmm. was a, a fun. The Wealthy Barber yeah. and the Wealthy Barber Returns, both mm-hmm. excellent books. Um, I was reading articles in the Globe and Mail. I was, uh, I found Mr. Money Mustache, who's also mm-hmm. really fun. I'm just going to like plug some of my favorites here. Yeah. Um, but even since then, there's been like a huge wealth of new ones. You know, there's this podcast called the Mo Money Podcast. That's, <laughs> that's um, a great podcast. It is a pretty great <laughs> podcast. Yeah, no, I, I've become very hooked on podcasts. This is one of my regulars. Uh, Budgets oh, right and Sense up. has also been an excellent one. Um, yep. And, uh, there's also like some YouTubers as well. Um, actually mm-hmm. there's, there's one YouTuber just, sorry, I'm going to yeah, sidetracking here a little bit, No, it's okay. go but ahead. I just, you know, really thinking a lot about, uh, the psychology around, uh, personal finance and investing mm-hmm. and getting out of debt. Cause there is a huge psychological component to all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this uh, blogger by the, or vlogger, a vlogger by mm-hmm. the name of Canna Campbell. I don't know if you've ever heard of her. Uh, she's Australian. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. I'll check her out. Yeah. So her website. So her um, website is called SugarMama.tv. I know it sounds <laughs> really funny, but um, but she does explain why she in one of her videos. But she does these videos where she herself is actually a uh, financial advisor in Sydney. Um, mm-hmm. But she has videos every Monday and every Thursday, and she talks about things such as um, getting. I get there was this really impactful video I, I saw of hers called uh, "Getting Out of Mental Poverty." So, mm-hmm. looking at like the psychology of people that she sees in her workplace, um, that are like people who are coming to her for investment advice, and how she sees the difference between their financial situations depending on the mindset they take towards their financial mm-hmm. situations, like the ones who just sort of like give up and just sort of say, "Oh, I'm just going to accept." my lot in life that I'm just never going to be rich. They tend to languish and just never really get very far. Whereas then there's people who, even if they come from, um, you know, very difficult, financially difficult backgrounds, if they take an attitude of, you know, that they're going to, you know, they work hard, they save, they, Mm -hmm. you know, do everything right financially. I know it's not always perfect, but she sees, 
generally they tend to actually flourish quite well. I'm not doing this video justice whatsoever. You have to look it up. But uh, okay, no, I for sure will. No, I absolutely agree. It's, you know, and that's just like a, a good lesson for life. If you're more positive in life, even if you know it's still there's struggles mm-hmm. and it's not always easy. I feel like when I'm in a positive mindset, I get more accomplished and I just feel better about my situation. Whereas if I'm negative, yeah, of course everything's going to be crap. You know, yeah. like if you're negative, have a negative money mindset or always being like, well, yeah, but I can't afford it or I'm poor. It's like, well, you don't have to be, you know, Mm. you may not be wealthy or like crazy rich in the future, but you can get to a point where you're financially comfortable. Yeah. And like she said, it's mental poverty. You know, these people, you know, these people who like I I can say from my own experience, like if I had stayed in that state of just like accepting, accepting that I was going to be in debt the rest of my life, like I, I don't even want to imagine where I would be now, but just changing that mindset and making the decision, making the conscious decision to change my attitude towards my finances, towards debt, like just made, has made such a huge difference. I feel, you know, like if an emergency happened tomorrow, like, like say like, um, mm-hmm. the car, well, I guess car broke down. People will say car is not necessarily emergency. I don't know. I, I need my car. <laughs> to get to but work. yeah, if you, if you actually do need yeah. your car for work. You know, yeah. yeah that'd be but yeah, like the car broke down or like uh, a pipe burst or something. We need to call an emergency plumber. Mm-hmm. We have it covered. We don't have to worry. And just exactly just that feeling alone was worth all of like the work that I put in to get to this, to get to this point. So making the effort to, to work hard, to, um, you know, set the money aside and to, and to cut back on spending on things that really were not adding any value to my life. So, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. but yeah. All right. So <laughs> yeah, old enough there, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, no, that's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your story and your great piece of advice. I think honestly, the best way to learn uh, about, you know, something uh, new or just to, you know, get better at something is to learn uh, from someone else's experience. So thank yeah. you for sharing your experience you're with wel- me. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. And that was episode 55 of the Mo Money podcast and the first of my uh, listener series uh, Thursday episodes that I'm going to be doing for the next little while. Um, I've got a few recorded, but I absolutely need more, guys. So if you've listened to this episode and you're like, hmm, I would love to share my story on this show, guess what? I want to hear from you. So please shoot me an email at jessica at jessicamorales.com. And uh, maybe we can set something up. Maybe if you're the right fit, we can chat and uh, uh, have a grand old time. Uh, make sure to uh, check out the show notes. I, I'm going to talk a little uh, bit more about what this episode was all about. I'm going to also include uh, the link to the original interview, the blog interview I did with Amanda. So I want to check all that out. And thanks again for listening. If you haven't subscribed on iTunes yet, make sure to just hit that little button. And if you like what you heard, please be so kind. Send me a review. Give me a review on iTunes. I would really appreciate it. And I will give you the uh, shout out, a shout out on a future episode. So please, 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 please give me a review. And uh, until next Wednesday, have a lovely rest of the week.
This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.